Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Well, if you want to open your Bibles with me this morning or scroll to or however you do that. Ephesians, book of Ephesians, chapter 4, hallelujah, Ephesians chapter 4, Paul's talking about in the latter part of that chapter, putting off the old man, putting on the new man, and in verse 25 it says, therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth each one of you with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Do not give the devil an opportunity. I like what the King James says. Neither give place to the devil. He who steals must steal no longer, but rather he must labor, performing with his own hands what is good, so that he will have something to share with one who has need. Let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment so that it will give grace to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice and be kind to one another tender-hearted, forgiving each other just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Well, that's a homework assignment. If I just take one or two of those, it's going to take me a long time to... But I want to go back to verse 27 where it says, and, and do not give the devil an opportunity. Or neither give place to the devil. We've been talking for the last couple of weeks, I don't know exactly how many messages, but recently we've been talking about deliverance ministry and spiritual warfare. It's a major part of Jesus' ministry. He taught, he healed, and he cast out demons. And it's not something we can ignore. You know, over the years we've talked, we've had people say, well, I don't like that, it scares me. I don't like talking about the devil. I don't like talking about evil, so it scares me. And I thought, well, if your house was on fire, that would scare you too, but you wouldn't just sit there and not do anything. Just because it scares us doesn't mean we can't address it. We better do something or we're going to become its victim. When we're discussing deliverance and spiritual warfare, one of the areas or topics, whatever you want to call it, whatever the areas we need to discuss is how the devil gets in. How does it get in? I look around. Every once in a while, I'll find a spider in my house. It's like, how did he get in? 
I mean, I don't keep the windows open. I keep the doors open. Everything's shut. But all of a sudden, there's a, there's a spy. It's like, how do you get in here? I don't know how we get in. You get in. And so sometimes we have to just kind of look and say, how does the devil get in? How, what door may have we, might have we opened to him? So I want to look at that just for a little bit today. One of them in particular. Look, go with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. In the first part of that chapter, it's talking about God's discipline. In verse 12, Hebrews 12, 12, it says, Therefore, strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble, and make straight paths for your feet, so that the limb which is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all men, and the holiness of the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, and that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by it many be defiled. See to it that no one comes short of the grace, no one comes short of the grace of God, and that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by it many be defiled. I want to talk to you today for a little bit about bitterness. A root of bitterness. Bitterness, unforgiveness, anger, resentment, whatever. Call it what you will. It's still the same. And if you don't get anything else out of this message today, just remember this, that bitterness and whatever other name you want to call it, anger, resentment, unforgiveness, bitterness is always destructive to the one who's bitter. Always. It is nothing good about it. And I thought, well, if bitterness is destructive then why is it so easy for people to become bitter? I mean, you don't just wake up one morning and decide, you know, I just think I'll be mad. I just think I'll be mad at somebody. But people are bitter um, because there's a reason. I mean, it, there's always a reason why we are bitter. There's, and that reason justifies why we feel like we do. It's okay for me to be angry because of what they said. It's okay for me to have unforgiveness because of what they did, how they treated me, what happened. I mean, we justify our, our attitudes because of the actions, the words, or whatever by somebody else. And so there's a reason. We, we feel justified in what we, in what we feel. One of, the question, one of the questions that we've been addressing in these recent messages is, can a Christian have a demon? Boy, that's an issue in the body of Christ. Can a Christian be possessed by a demon? No. I don't believe he can. But on the other hand, we have emotions. We have physical bodies. And the devil can influence us. Look, what is it, look what Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 4. 
Verse 25. Verse 26. Be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give the devil no opportunity. Neither give place to the devil. That's what Paul, Paul warns us. That it is possible for us to give place to the devil. To give the devil an opportunity. A place of influence. And what opens the door to demonic influence? Whatever we do that's not right. For example, drugs, drug abuse, especially hallucinogens. You know, some time ago I was watching just a, a short documentary about, um, what was it? The, ma the Mamas and the Papas. You remember, remember the Mamas and the Papas? Anybody? Come on, you weren't all saved your whole life. But they were talking about tripping out, you know, taking sugar cubes of LSD and stuff. I mean, that stuff will open you up to the devil like you can't believe. My wife... No, 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 I'm going to be nice. I'm not going to... She looks at me like, oh boy, where's this going? She had our first child by hypnosis. And it was totally painless. She was delivering the baby. I mean, baby was just getting ready to be born. And the doctor said to her, I mean, he, when, when she went to the hospital, she was in, I mean, she was like eight centimeters. She was like really in hard labor. And he kicked me out of the room. The doctor walked in. And uh, this is our first child. I walked in. And he came out about 10 minutes later. And my wife was like in la-la land. And he hadn't given her anything. He just put her under. It was amazing. And she's on the delivery table. And she, he's saying, push when you have a contraction. And she's saying, well, how do I know when I'm going to have a contraction? And he said, put your hand on your belly. And when it gets hard, push. Painless, totally painless. Hypnotic delivery. But several years later, she was ready for a complete nervous breakdown and needed deliverance. Because when you turn yourself over to something else and to someone else, you open yourself up for control. I mean, it seemed good, but it turned out to be horrible. Sexual immorality will open you up to demonic forces. Boy, you better watch what you watch on the internet. You open the wrong website, suck. I'm telling you, even if you are a Christian, we were at a church service one time, and, oh, what's her name? Prophetic ministry. Cindy Jacobs, thank you. My wife, my wife is my brain. Cindy Jacobs was preaching, and she was talking about, she was talking, this is back when the movie Titanic with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was... And she said, she said, I've had some of my prophetic, prophetic friends that I really respect told me that that was one of the most prophetic movies they ever saw. And so I went. And next thing you know, there's a woman naked to the waist. I couldn't believe it. They thought that was a tremendous movie. And then she was talking about 
the sin that the sin of uh, like pornography in in the church and you have to and she had an altar call she said i know this is going to be hard for some of you but i'm not gonna, i'm not going to pray yourself i want you to come forward and repent of that and and i couldn't believe it about a, th a fourth of the of especially the guys the guys in the church came for they were into they were into that that that'll open you up to demonic oppression And another thing that will open you up is bitterness and unforgiveness. Bitterness is like embryonic murder taken to its extreme. I mean, I, again, today, did you, did you read this week? Some, there's another one of these killings in Milwaukee at the Coors Place. I mean, almost every week, someone is, get, it's this spirit, it's this bitterness that just festers in you and grows, and they get so mad, and they get so angry that they, it, it finally becomes murder. This is, the, this is the end result of it. It's like depression. What's the end result of depression? Suicide. I mean, you know, making someone, it's not worth living, you do, you got just pepper and pepper and pepper and pepper and pepper. And finally, they just decide to end it all because they can't stand it anymore. It's the enemy. It's the devil. Bitterness defiles the one who's bitter and everyone under their influence. But here's what you have to understand. It does nothing to the one you're bitter at. Doesn't affect them at all. They're probably just going around having a great time. And here you are wallowing in this, oh, I just, just so upset. You know, somebody said one time, bitterness is like taking poison and expecting somebody else to die. It, it's it's going to affect you. And that's why we've got to resist it. We've got, we've got to keep it out of our lives. It's essential. We've got to forgive. There's a, there's a scripture in Matthew chapter 18. talks about uh, a servant who owed his master 10,000 talents, which is ridiculous. I read somewhere, I forget where, I read somewhere years ago that a talent was like a year's wage. And so he owed him 10,000 years of wages. Well, you might live a long a while, but you're not going to live that long. Anyway, you know the story. He, he said, hang in there with me. I'll repay it. I wasn't asking for forgiveness of the debt. He's saying, hang in there with me. I'll repay it all. And the master had compassion and forgave him the debt. This un amazingly, unbelievable debt. Just said, that's it, cancel. And, so, and you know the story. He goes out and he finds one of his fellow slaves that owes him basically 20 bucks, and he won't forgive him. And that's a nice story, but what I... What I need to understand is that I'm the one that owes the 10,000 talents. I have to put, I say, you know, I have to get a revelation. If God forgave me so much, and believe me, I know how much God forgave me. And who am I to not forgive someone else? If I really understood how much I was forgiven in my own life, the grace of God that God gave me, how can I not forgive someone who's hurt me or offended me compared to what I did 20 bucks worth. 
It's essential. And forgiveness doesn't mean that I always have to buddy up to the people that are, have come against me or wounded me or betrayed me or stolen from whatever. It, you don't have to become their buddy, but you have to forgive. We need to get rid of that bitterness. As far as you're concerned, the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, as far as you're concerned, be at peace with all men. If they don't want to be at peace with you, that's one. But our place is to forgive. And we receive forgiveness to the degree that we're willing to forgive. Look what it says in Matthew chapter 6. Talking about the Lord's Prayer. When you pray, it says, pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts or our trespasses as we, in the same way that we forgive others, forgive us. And then he says this at the end, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. He says, but if, if you forgive others their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. It's essential that we do not allow bitterness to take root and fester and grow. Forgiveness is essential. And we've heard people over the years say, well, I can't forgive. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they said to me. You don't know how they hurt me. Yeah, you can forgive. We just don't feel like it. We don't want to. But things add up. You know, can I tell about your folks? Your folks? <laughs> years ago, Pastor Darren's mother and father got divorced. And they were divorced for 10 years. Got remarried, praise the Lord. But you know what? I was praying. We had met, met Darren recently. Weren't married at the time to our daughter, were you? No, he just started coming. But I was praying for them because we knew what they were going through. We knew what his folks were going through. And God gave me a men not an open vision, but I, in, in my mind's eye, I saw a bale of hay. And I knew right away what, what God was saying. He said, their divorce is a result of, what's in a bale of hay? Hundreds or thousands of insignificant little strands of hay. But when you put enough of them together, it becomes a weight that can't be lifted. And I felt like that was happening in this marriage. Little things, unforgiven, that just added up and 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 carried and carried and carried and carried until it became too much. We've got to deal with things as they happen because it'll add up, it'll ruin you. It'll ruin your marriage. It'll ruin other relationships. We're all, at some point, going to be offended in life. 
just happens. We're on, a, we're on a corrupted earth with imperfect people. But the, the first place to make this work is at, is at home. Forgiveness is essential. Keep the love flowing. Hallelujah. Bitterness is not just unforgiveness, it's also anger and resentment. And uh, you know, I was thinking, we see that, I see so much hatred in this country today. Politically, especially. You know, I've been around for a little while, and I remember Dwight David Eisenhower being president. I mean, I remember, I remember, I like Ike. You know, I remember those things, Mother Buttons, it's Sally. And there's always been a, a, a division between Republicans and Democrats. There's always been some disagreement. But today, it's like I look, I say, my God, it's not just disagreement. It's, like, it's almost like there's hatred out there. They can't stand each other anymore. It's, it's a spirit that's come to divide our nation. And we have to be careful that it doesn't get on us. I mean, not just individual relationships, but just the, the, the whole atmosphere of anger and, and division and I can't stand this one and I hate this one. And, and they say they don't hate, but they do. Actions speak louder than words as far as I'm concerned. The Apostle Paul wrote, oh, we're in Matthew 6. Go back to, I'll go back to Ephesians 4. Look, what did the Apostle Paul write in Ephesians chapter 4? He said, be angry, but do not sin. So it's not necessarily wrong to be angry. There's some things that should anger us, that should upset us. Jesus got angry. There was a man in the synagogue on the Sabbath day that had a withered hand, and Jesus brought him forward to heal him. And, And they got mad. They got mad. The Pharisees got mad at him. And you know what it says in Mark's gospel? It says, and Jesus angered at the, he was angry at the hardness of their heart. But it wasn't, he never sinned, so it wasn't sinful anger. It was just righteous anger. I'm trying to help this man, and you're, you're, you're and your religious spirits are trying to hinder us. Hinder him. Anger is natural for some things. Something should make us angry. But what does it say? It says, be angry, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. So if there's a, a situation where there's been some contention, some strife, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't let it become, don't let it settle. Don't let it take root and settle and become something worse. The best thing to do is to start off each day with the Lord. I'm not saying what you have to do, but something, one of the, one of the things that helps me is you start the day with the Lord's Prayer, and you say, and as you come down through that prayer, you say, Lord, I, in, I purpose today to forgive others as you have forgiven me. I am going to be a forgiving person. I, I set myself to be a forgiver this day, to be, to be one who releases hurts and offenses and not holds on to them. I start the day that way. I, like, I, I 
I don't know what, what's the word I'm looking for. I prime myself to forgive. And then as the day progresses, if something happens that upsets me, that frustrates me, that whatever, I, I might carry that for a while, but I've got to clean the slate at the end of the day. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't let it settle. Deal with it before you go to bed. I think some of the best advice someone ever gave about marriage is don't go to bed angry. Start every day with a clean slate. I'm not going to let negative circumstances control my life. When we get into bitterness and unforgiveness, it offends many because we're like we're contagious. We want to tell everybody how hurt we are, what someone else did to us. They want, they want everybody to feel sorry for us. Can't do that. You know, I'm a new creature. I have a new spirit within me. God is a forgiving God and I have his spirit, so my spirit needs to be a forgiving spirit. Not carry around grudges and resentment and anger and unforgiveness. I'm not going to let bitterness control my feelings. I'm not going to play that video over and over again. I'll never forget one time, several years ago, we knew someone that lost a teenage daughter in an, in an accident. We went to visit her, and she had a video of her daughter, like some doing, at a promise, yeah, at a promise. And she was just sitting there playing that video over, and, and I'm, I'm not saying she shouldn't remember her daughter, but it was just feeding, she was in tremendous depression, and that video was just feeding that depression, feeding that depression. Feed, you know, we have to not rehearse something over and over and over again. See, as long as I'm living in the past, I can't go into my future, I can't be successful in my future as long as I'm holding on to the past and the hurts of the past and the wounds and you don't know what they did to me. I'm so this and oh my God. And I understand that people get hurt, but you've got to deal with it. Can't hold on. Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Help us, Lord, to release hurts, wounds, to repent of our unforgiveness, to repent of our bitterness, to repent of our anger, our resentment. Forgive us for carrying these things, Lord. You've forgiven us, we choose to forgive. Even if we don't feel like it, we choose to forgive. We're not going to allow negative circumstances to control our lives any longer. We're going to release them and let them go. I'm going to forgive 
everyone who's hurt me, wounded me, offended me. I'm not going to carry it any longer. One of the things I, I just want to close with this. As I was praying, I felt like one of the things we have to guard against, and maybe I'm, I don't know if I'm totally correct on this, but I'll just put it out there. We have to watch out we don't pick up the offenses of others. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.